Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, once again with a solo show for you today. Jeff will be back on Thursday when we go through our rankings. We're going to do just one episode this week of rankings, get through our quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, all of that in one show this week. But today we have our waiver show like we do every Tuesday. going to run through some of the top waiver pickups we think for the week who you should be targeting if you should spend your number one waiver claim, spend a lot of free agent auction budget. We'll go through that in just a minute, but make sure you go check us out on Twitter or the FF Profit or Fantasy Football Profit on Instagram. You go to the website, fantasyfootballprofit.com. We'll have all the waivers on there. We'll have our rankings. Um, my rankings are already out there for week four. Jeff's will be out there in just a day or two here. All right, let's talk about some of the waivers here. And the way we like to do things here with our waiver show is we take the ESPN list and look at the players that are owned in 50% of leagues or less. And those are the only players that are eligible for our list. And with that, actually, at this point, Chris Carson, Tariq Cohen, Buck Allen, they all are still owned in less than 50% of ESPN leagues, which is it doesn't seem right. I know they're owned in more than 50% of Yahoo leagues. But if they're out there, if Carson's out there, if Cohen's out there, those two for sure, go pick them up right now. And even Allen, Allen had a down week, but if he's out there in your league, he still has some value. And we, we don't quite know what the situations are going to be. So pick up those three if they're out there. But start off the list here. We're going to talk about, about wide receivers actually to get going here. Sterling Shepard had another big week for the Giants. He's had a couple good weeks now. He, I believe, kind of seems like he is the number two receiver over Brandon Marshall, even though Marshall stepped up a bit. If this passing offense can get going, like they finally seem to a little bit there at the end of the game, I mean, a lot of that has to do with Odell Beckham being back. As long as Beckham's out there and playing, the rest of the team is just going to be better offensively, at least passing-wise. Their run game is pretty much non-existent at this point, and I'm not sure that's going to be improving at all. But Sterling Shepard is going to remain valuable here. He's owned in 32.3% of leagues right now. But he's had two games of seven catches this season. The first two games, he didn't do much other than the yardage was down. But this game, seven catches for 133 and a touchdown against Philly. You know, he, he has a lot of talent. We've seen it last year a bit. He You know, he was a relatively high draft pick. He definitely could be starting to step up a little bit. So just if he's out there and you have a bench spot, he's definitely, I think, worth an add at this point. Some other receivers, Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns. Might as well talk about the Jaguars receivers. I myself, I like Lee a little bit better than Hearns. Hearns is going to be more touchdown dependent. It seems like Lee is going to end up getting more targets. I think eventually he's going to step the, the yardage to get up there a little bit more towards 80, 90 yards. So Lee's more of the safer type option. Hearns is going to be that kind of boomer bust play. If he gets a touchdown, he's going to get you a good week. If he doesn't get a touchdown, not going to be much of anything. But both of these guys, I don't see... I mean, yeah, you might have a chance where you're going to play them now. They're more of a bye week fill-in. You're not going to really count on any of these players right now, Lee or Hearns. I would I would prefer, prefer Lee a little bit. But then, just like Shepard, Lee, Hearns, you're not putting much money on a free agent auction budget on any of these guys. You're not wasting your number one claim. And that's pretty much the story with 
all of our waiver claims today. There's just there's no there's no game changers here. There's no season changers here. I mean, yeah, maybe there is. Maybe one of these running backs I might talk about will be that at later on. We just have no indication yet that that could be. There has to be injuries have to happen. A change in how much they're playing has to happen. There has to be a lot of changes before that will happen, and we we just don't have those answers yet. Running back wise, the Eagles running backs we can talk about. We've got Wendell Smallwood. He's probably one of the top waiver ads this week just because of he had some production at the end of the game in the second half. Corey Clement was actually the one who got the start. Obviously, LeGarrette Blunt was in there quite a bit. He had the most points for the team. But last week, in week two, LeGarrette Blunt didn't was non-existent, didn't get one, one carry. But now with Sproles out, I'm not sure how this backfield is going to work. It, it really feels like to me it could be a split, like a three-way split here. Clement's going to get work. Smallwood's going to get work. Blunt's going to get work. Blunt's already owned in more than 50% of leagues, so you're not worried about him anyway at this point for waivers. It comes down to Smallwood and Clement. Smallwood is going to be the top. He's going to be the better add at this point. He was 12 carries, 71 yards. He looked okay. He's he's just he's not a special running back. So, I mean, if he went, had a huge week in week four, I would definitely be shocked at it. But it's not a bad idea to throw him on the end of your bench if you have the spot, especially if some of these other players are just disappointing. You know, take a chance at it. It would be Smallwood for me over Clement, but if you're in a deeper league, 14 teams and such, throw Clement on there. It's not a bad ad as well. Another running back we can speculate about that maybe there's a role here that we just haven't, you know, we don't know. It's another one of these committee type things, and that's Alex Collins with Baltimore. Terrence West got the start again, but I've we've talked about this. I'm not a big Terrence West guy. I really don't think there's a lot of talent there. He's pretty much just another guy. And then Buck Allen isn't the every down back. Yeah, we might have some good value, especially in PPR. He's going to catch some balls. He's going to keep your, you know, he's going to get a good score for you. But maybe, maybe it's Alex Collins. He had nine carries for 82 yards. Week two, he had seven for 42. You know, it's it's just maybe if if Baltimore will give him a chance Maybe he would have some value, and that's with a lot of running backs in the league right now. If they are able to get a majority of the snaps, a majority of the carries, they're going to be valuable. So if you know if John Harbaugh and the Ravens think that that's Alex Collins now, he's going to be valuable. But the way it has gone in the past, I don't see that happen. This was more of a mop-up duty for Collins that he got most of the work. But then again. If West wasn't getting it done, Allen wasn't getting it done, maybe they do want to make a change. Maybe they want to at least look at Collins in a better situation, you know, more when the games actually matter a little bit. So it's it's a, it's a speculative ad, and you just throw him on your bench, you know, if, see if he doesn't break out in a week or two, just get rid of him again. But if you have the spot, Collins could be worth a shot at there. Another running back here, Jamal Charles. He was able to get about the same amount of carries. It looked, I think they had the same amount of carries that Jamal Anderson had this past week. He had more yards. He had the touchdown. So right there, people kind of look at that and say, oh, wow, maybe it's maybe it's a complete timeshare. But Anderson, I think, had about double the snaps that Charles did. It just kind of the way the game went that ended up being – they ended up throwing the ball a little bit more. They were coming from behind. Anderson did play quite a bit more. But 
if Charles is healthy, if they see that he has maybe some, maybe his some glimpse is of the old Jamal Charles, they're going to keep using him a bit. But he's had 10 carries, 9 carries, 9 carries. He's getting around, you know, 10 touches a game. He's 40, 40 50 yards. He's proven to be at least usable in deeper leagues and he's been oh he's been he's got enough work to roster him at this point so he's owned right now in 22.2 percent of espn leagues but i think that should be much higher he's definitely a player that you need on your bench if you're a cj anderson owner you definitely go throw charles on the bench the only thing that could change things coming up is Devonte booker looks like he should be coming back here in the next couple of weeks if not sooner we don't really know what that will change things if He'll get, you know, some snaps, some carries. We'll have to watch how that plays out. But that could be another week or two away. We're not quite sure on that yet. Another running back ad, Deontay Foreman. He continues to, you know, eat away at some of Lamar Miller's carries. He had eight carries this past week. He had 12 in week two. But it's more of an Alfred Blue situation from last year. It's the same kind of thing. Blue had over 100 carries on the year. Looks like Foreman's heading that way. I don't see this him taking over for Lamar Miller. He's been, he's been okay. He hasn't been, he hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been, he hasn't done anything to show the Texans that this should be his job. And I don't know if that'll happen, but then again, Miller owner, you might want to throw him on your bench. If you have an extra spot, he's worth an ad, but this is kind of the story with most of the players this week. It's you, you don't know. We don't know how any of these situations are going to play out. You're kind of just taking a chance on a guy or two. Maybe you hit the lottery with it. Maybe you get the right one, and one of these guys breaks out. It's hard to really, really say which one it's going to be. Which, maybe it's going to be the next guy, Alvin Kamara. He's been on our list before, so I might as well just talk about him real quick. But he, every time he gets the ball, he shows that he can play. Only two carries, but he got 37 yards out of it. He got the touchdown in week three. You know, he had the nice touchdown run. He... He's a good player. I really like Alvin Kamara, but obviously Ingram's there. Peterson's there. They're going to get more carries at this point, and I don't know if that's going to change. I I like Kamara, though, enough to put him on my bench and wait and see if the Saints like to turn around. Because at this point, if Peterson isn't really showing much, I could, I could see a scenario where Peterson was traded, even though trades don't happen very much in the NFL. It wouldn't shock me if some team wanted to go get him or they just got rid of him because... He doesn't really seem to be in their plans very much at this point. So Kamara could be worth an ad. Then we'll talk about some wide receivers. None of these are, again, this is the story of the week. It's just, you're you're just looking for somebody to fill in. Maybe, maybe one of these guys takes off. About well, Paul Richardson from Seattle. This is more of the case if, if Doug Baldwin's injury lasts longer than expected. Richardson could definitely see an increase in targets same thing with Tyler Lockett Richardson's been able to get touchdowns in the last two games he hasn't really done much other than that though so if you're just looking at his point total and are excited about that it's that's not really how he's played he had nine points his past week seven point on the week before but both of those he had a touchdown off only two catches in each game so we need to see more targets we need to see more catches before he's viable but you know if, if Baldwin's out, I would definitely jump up Paul Richardson a little bit here. Devin Funches, he's another one that is going to be dependent on if the number one receiver on the team is out for any period of time. 
And that's Calvin Benjamin. We don't really know the extent of his injury right now, but he's had problems in the past, obviously, with the knee. And I think it was the same knee that he had the ACL tear in. So Funchess, again, he could be interesting, but this is we've been burnt by Devin Funchess before in the past. But now he's had four catches in each of the last two games, 68 yards, 58 yards. He's been he's been okay, but if you know if Benjamin were to miss, they already have Olsen out. They need to throw the ball somewhere. I just don't trust this offense at all. But Funches did have 10 targets in the game, which is great, but only getting four catches out of those is a disappointment. But yeah, could could Devin Funches be good for one week play? Yeah, definitely could be. More, you know, I, I'm not going to put him in my lineup most likely, but if you're in a situation where you do have all these injuries and you need somebody, especially in a deeper league, maybe take a look at Funches again. He's believing his third year now. These receivers do sometimes break out later. I don't know. I'm not going to put my money on Devin Funches to do it. Bruce Ellington could be an interesting ad. He had seven targets for the Texans. He played week one, but he knocked out with a concussion, so he didn't do anything there. Didn't do anything week two. He missed the game. Comes back, gets seven targets. Gets a touchdown catch against the Patriots. You know, I think he definitely could end up being the number two receiver on this team behind Hopkins. And if Watson continues to improve, that could be a valuable spot. So, again, this is more of a deeper league type thing. Maybe just a guy you keep your eye on. Just watch Bruce Ellington. If he does this a couple more weeks, maybe throw him on your bench. Another guy will probably be brought up in some circles this week is going to be Geronimo Allison. He had a great game there. Mainly, a lot of it came off one big catch to set up the game-winning field goal. But we've talked about him before. And it's basically not just Geronimo Allison. It's pretty much any... If you're a receiver in this Packers offense and you get an opportunity, you could be valuable. This is this is more of, as long as Cobb is out, Allison could be somebody that's usable. So that's the problem. It's only going to be temporary. He did at the six. It was six catches for 122, but that's about it. So if you hear about Allison, it's not a guy I'm going to add. I mean, if, if Jordy Nelson was hurt again and Cobb both was hurt, then yeah, sure. But this isn't going to be a long-term thing for Allison. So just keep that in mind. If you're looking for just some more wide receiver depth, Mohamed Sanu is still out there. He, you know, he's been he's been solid. He will get you some points every week. He's probably not going to be, you know, getting a lot. He might not even get you more than ten. But if you look for somebody that could be reliable, Sanu seems to be that guy right now. Travis Benjamin had another another nice game for the Chargers. He said now two double digit scoring games out of the three this year. Which, you know, it, that happens sometimes with the Chargers. You never know what player it's quite going to be. But game one, he was able to do the, get the double digits, getting a touchdown only off three catches. Then he had five for 105. I'm not going to really trust any Chargers receiver other than Keenan Allen right now, who should be, you know, pretty solid there. It's just you never know with these other guys. One Chargers receiver, though, might as well just bring up here that if you're in a league that has a deeper bench, and you don't mind just taking a spot up right now, maybe throw Mike Williams on there. He should be coming back here in the next few weeks. They didn't put him on the pup list for a reason. Now we're going into week four. It, he definitely, I it would not be surprised if he saw the field by week five or six here. And, you know, he's kind of been forgotten because of the injury, but this is a top 10 pick in, in the draft last year. He has top 10 talent. You know, this could be a situation where he's the player we're looking at later on in the year. So if you have a deeper bench, if you can afford the roster spot, 
throw Mike Williams on there. It's definitely, I, I wouldn't mind doing it. I've actually done it in a couple of my leagues. I'm just going to wait and see. With talent like that, and if you can just get talent like that for nothing, and it actually they actually are able to play and get the work, it could be a huge, this could be a season-changing type move like Odell Beckham was in 2014 where people picked him up when he was coming back from the injury. I'm not saying it's going to be that kind of thing, but I mean, no one would have thought it was Odell Beckham was going to do what he did either at the time. And Mike Williams is a very talented wide receiver. So just if you have a spot, eh, take a chance. Maybe throw him on the end of the bench there. Other guys people might be talking about here. Brandon Coleman caught another touchdown, but it was only off one catch. Looks like he's going to be very touchdown dependent, especially now with Willie Sneed coming back. He could be taking more of a backseat again. Probably not worth an ad at this point. I mean, if you want to, sure, but he's probably the fourth receiver. I'm not trusting it. I'm going to probably stay away now at this point. For the Jets running backs, Elijah McGuire. He could be an interesting ad. Powell hasn't been doing much. Forte's injured now. You know, they gave him some carries. They're going to probably keep doing that. This is more for later in the season. I'm not saying Elijah McGuire is any kind of, you know, great running back or anything more than league average at the best. But if he has an opportunity, that's more than you can say for a lot of guys. So again, this is probably not an ad at this point. It's more of a wait and see, just kind of watch what's going to happen and maybe look at him later, you know, especially if Forte's out, if they, if Powell continues to disappoint, could be somebody that has some value later in the year and at least has maybe a little bit of volume that helps you out there. One last running back I guess to talk about here, Orlean Starqua. He was able to get about the same amount of carries as Paul Perkins. He didn't didn't impress with them at all, but Paul Perkins hasn't impressed either. So maybe maybe they'll turn to Darqua. I mean, I'm not expecting them to, but Perkins isn't getting done. Somebody in the Giants backfield has to do something you would think at in the upcoming weeks. I don't know if it's gonna maybe Wayne Dahlman comes in and does something, but just deeper leagues. You're looking for another player that, yeah, take a chance. Put him on your bench for a week. Maybe he's the guy that breaks out. I doubt it, but it's it's worth a shot. All right, let's might as well talk about just a couple defenses here, some streaming defenses for the week. If for some reason the Jaguars' defense is still out there for you in your league, go pick them up. They're playing the Jets this week. They've had two big weeks so far this season. You know, again, week one against Houston, then we're great against Baltimore as well. So if they're out there, they're probably the top one to get for the week playing against the Jets. The Bengals could be out there in your league. They're playing against Cleveland. Not a bad play this week either. The Steelers defense is going to be out there in some leagues. They've been solid for the year, and they're getting Baltimore this week. Baltimore usually does step up and play well against the Steelers. I mean, I won't expect them to play like they did in London last week. But again, this is coming off a London game. Coming back, they look terrible. Steelers probably a decent play. There's not a lot of other options out there that I'm excited about. Maybe take the Packers against Chicago. Packers ha- aren't don't have a great defense, but Chicago's offense is kind of lacking at this point. So you know that's a that's a play I might look at. But that's a that's about it if we're looking at it right now. There's not many others. You know if you're going the streaming route that I'm going to want to play for ne- you know this upcoming week. And then quarterback-wise, if we're just taking quarterbacks owned in 50% of leagues or less, some of the options, you get the same kind of options every week. 
you're always looking at the Alex Smiths, the Trevor Simeons, the Carson Palmers. Which Palmer playing against San Francisco could be a pretty good, pretty good play. It, you know, he played well against Dallas last night, 325 yards, two touchdowns. So Palmer against San Francisco, I kind of like that one. And even Andy Dalton, I could Andy Dalton was able to bounce back a little bit. Finally, got some touchdowns. Didn't have the turnovers. Made himself a useful player, and he has Cleveland this week. This that could be a you know somebody worth playing. And then even Jay Cutler, I know that it was a terrible game for the Dolphins against the Jets last week, but he gets another great matchup uh, this time at home against the Saints. Jay Cutler could be he. I, I could see good things coming from Cutler. So at this point, you know, Palmer, Dalton, Cutler could be a couple good plays. I, if you want to take a chance on Blake Bortles against the Jets, go right ahead. I can't trust Blake Bortles. Yes, he will have games like he did against Baltimore where he gets 35 points, but he's going to have the weeks where he gets 10. I can't trust him, but he has a good matchup, so if you want to look at that. Some of the other guys that broke out last week, Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett. I don't like Brissett's matchup on the road against Seahawks, so I'm not looking to play him. Keenum plays Detroit. Detroit's defense is pretty, pretty solid. So don't I'm not gonna go for those type of players right now. You know, the Sean Watson, great game against the Patriots. Plays Tennessee. Could be a good matchup for him. He could have another good week. He's been he's been a good fantasy player the last two weeks. Week one he wasn't, obviously, and he, he didn't get the start. So the two his two starts have been solid. Deshaun Watson definitely could be a play for you. But that's about it today for the waivers. Really wasn't as much going on waiver wise today. Kind of a weak um, edition of the show. Hopefully next week, maybe we'll actually get a player that's worthy of a number one claim, worthy of you know putting half of your fab budget on. You just never know when they're going to play. Could be one of these guys we talked about that maybe their role becomes a lot more defined, maybe one of these running backs. But we'll be back tomorrow. I'll have one more show before Jeff gets back. Probably more of just a talk about some injuries, talk about some news. Nothing too major. We're getting ready to do our rankings show on Thursday. If you guys have any questions for us at all for me, send me questions. Maybe I'll do a little bit of mailbag tomorrow as well. So email me at fantasyfootballprofit at gmail.com. Go on Twitter. We're the FF Profit. Send me a DM there. Send me a, you know, just send a message on there or even Instagram. It's fantasyfootballprofit. Get, a, get me some questions. You know, I'll try to answer a bunch of these for you on the show. And I'll answer them on, you know, Twitter and Instagram for you as well. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.